Good morning and welcome to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Merle Coombs and it's December the 18th and it's pretty cold out there, minus 23. So what we will do today, we're going to chat about uh, some indoor stuff, some some different Christmas plants. And then, of course, your calls or text would be greatly appreciated on these colder winter days if you have any anything you want to chat about um just give me a call 403-974-8255 and be happy to to uh, take your calls and we're going to uh yeah start with a few of the christmas things that we uh are dealing with right now in our house like you got the poinsettia so if you get one of those beautiful poinsettias brought into your house what i would definitely recommend is you remove the the foil around the pot um, when you water. <clears throat> Take it into the sink, um, pull the sleeve off, the foil sleeve or whatever have you, um, water it in the sink, and then just let the water drain out, and then put it back into the sleeve after all the water's drained out. Because those, uh, those sleeves are great. like They look nice, and they're good and expensive way to uh, add a little bit of bling to the bottom of the pot. But they're also usually the death of a lot of poinsettias because when you fill it up, you water, and then it just keeps sitting in water over and over. And poinsettias don't like that. They they like to dry out. They are a, somewhat of a cactus family, so they can go a little bit drier. So let them dry out really good in between waterings, and uh, that would be great if you could do that. And uh, yeah. It it does make a big difference because they will they'll get the water too much wilt, and it's it's and once they get that wilt where they're too much, they uh, they will not come back. The wilt is is gone pretty much at that point. Same thing in the summertime, you'll get that on some of your geraniums or a few of the other plants like that. They just get that damping off, and this don't do that well. I think. Renee, did you say Terry was there? All right. Good morning, Terry. Hey, good morning, Merle. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm uh, glad you can make it because it's going to be uh, usually a little slower at the December 19th. So we have lots of time to, to chat, Terry. And if you have things that you have been thinking about that you want to pass on to our listeners, um, you've been working hard. You just finished up. I noticed at the end of the day the other day, you're sending out your last few orders, getting everything ready for spring. How are you feeling for next spring with the the plant availability and all that kind of fun stuff? Feeling really good, actually, yeah. So had a few little gaps there I still wanted to fill. Um, but, uh, yeah, got those last few orders in for the end of the year here. And, uh, yeah, it's exciting to uh, to be thinking uh, of, of spring already. So, um like you mentioned, lots of times in the retail world, we're we're always you know working four and five months in advance. So, um, to me, in my mind, it's kind of like um, May long weekend is just around the corner. So, oh, and it will come so fast because I was just thought about this morning. I was thinking um, I was down in Kentucky and then um, just at a landscape show, and that was October. Right. It just feels like a couple of weeks ago, right? And then, like, that's two months ago. So I just thought, like, before you know it, January, February, it's going to be the end of February, and then March, and then we're going almost, right? Like, yeah. it, uh, 
So yeah, I just finished. I I got my last annual uh, confirmation in yesterday too. Finished off a few things. Chris had a few requests for her green it up elite gardening um, for a lot of the custom stuff that she does. So we I was able to get all that filled for her. I've got so, uh, I've got one of those lists from Chris myself. So <laughs> nice. <laughs> Um, it's well, it just makes it easier, eh? When we all does, uh, work yeah. in working together and get those things ready for her, yeah, uh, yeah, she puts together a great show for a lot of our customers. Um, when she goes into their uh homes and residents and things like that, she uh, she does a great job, so fantastic, um, job. yeah, yeah, planters look phenomenal. So, we got uh, a lot of that ready to go, which is going to be really good this coming uh this coming spring and hopefully with us having a real winter like in the uh, november december hopefully that will translate into a good spring so yeah <laughs> that's I'm, hoping. I'm hoping yeah <laughs> yeah that's kind of my theory on it hopefully it's sort of that that sort of seemed to be realigned the last couple of years november december in the past couple of years have been quite warm um right up until Right about this time is when we've been starting to get a little bit of snow for Christmas and things like that. So it's kind of nice. We we went through that and uh, almost almost out of Christmas trees. We got a few left, um, and we have the Western Canadian beautiful uh, Douglas fir Christmas trees, um, and they they aren't quite as thick, um, but just as beautiful as the ones that we had bring in the past of Fraser's. Actually, I'm loving mine. I, 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 at first, you kind of get a little bit used to it, but you really, when you look at it, it feels like you're looking at a Christmas card. Like it's, it's a traditional Western Canadian Christmas tree. So I, I actually, I love it. So yeah, absolutely. Um, really just quite, just changing our mindset a little bit, right? But what we've brought in in the past before, and um, yeah. yeah, I mean, there. And anyone that's not familiar with with Douglas fir. Um, such a nice tree to work around too, like putting lights and decorations on because the needles are nice and soft. Um, they're, um, yeah, they're when you they're, can fit more ornaments to on too, right? You can, like, you have to learn to it's a little bit of a decorating different technique. You put your heavy stuff on the mid in more in the middle up around the trunk, but you can reach inside and you can and decorate all those areas. It's, it's actually, uh, and then on the outside, you put your lighter ornaments and. Man, you end up with a beautiful tree, and and Christmas. And I, I, I loved it. We had a family in a couple of days ago. She goes, I just I picked the ugliest tree. She goes, I wanted the ugliest. That was her <laughs> her goal. And it took her a bit of time to find an ugly one, but she had one that was yeah. missing a couple of spots, right? Yeah. But she just that was her goal. I'm. She goes, I, I want this the I want the ugliest. She goes, I want a Charlie Brown Christmas tree, and uh, and that was uh, so they were her and her kids were. Um, pleased to be able to get that, <laughs> and uh, so hey, we we got you covered on all ends. If you yeah. want a, a nice premium, and hey, we might have a couple of Charlie Browns hanging up there as well. <laughs> they need a they need a home too, right? Oh, absolutely, no, and yeah. uh, you, you get those, but it it all is in the eye of the beholder. I really noticed that, like when it's just no different than when we see people come and pick out trees for their backyard or Christmas trees, people are almost more particular on their Christmas trees. Like it takes a little longer, like they right. spin them, they put them down. They look <laughs> and, and one that you think, ah, and they just, that's perfect. Right. Yeah, so it's, that's the one. Um, yeah. So 
and off it goes. So and that's the fun part. And the best thing about it, you have it up for three weeks and then you take it down and you start over again next year. So it's yeah, <laughs> exactly. If it's not quite exactly as it, as you thought, um, and it's more what you do around the tree that, uh, makes it, uh, hanging out with the family and, uh, having those fun conversations and, uh, just looking at the tree. That's, I don't know, kind of one of my, uh, pastimes is sort of sit back and you sort of look at the tree and you go over the years of, uh, sort of sound like an old guy though. I'm not too sure if that's good, but you sort of talk, <laughs> you think about the old days of it. You sort of think about it. You're a kid around the tree and yeah, uh, how excited you were and different things. And then, and then once you had your own family, you kind of, you look at your kids and, uh, or whatever you have, uh, whether it's pets or kids or just family members, it's, it's, uh, I don't know. That's a special time. We watched, uh, Carolyn and I watched, uh, Last night, it was one of those Christmas light competitions in the States where the different families all over the U.S., they kind of go just crazy on their Christmas lights. But it was really interesting. They had um, uh, a Diwali Diwali family, like they had where they celebrate from a different country, right, from India. And they incorporated both, and they were just saying how similar they are, though, right? It's just, I don't know, I just, I thought that was awesome. And they, they had a dancing Santa. Then they also did their traditional dance and they had the lights and then they had the Christmas symbols, the stars, and, and then they had some of their symbols and they just wanted to share both. And I, I don't know, I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. I thought that was together. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, it's really, that's what it's about. It's about celebration with friends and family, no matter where you're from. And, uh, and I would hope to uh, encounter some of those one day on travels. When you when you do travel, you get to see those different celebrations. You need to participate. I don't know it's it's pretty fun. So it's uh, yeah, it's just it's it, it's interesting. And that's the part when you when you come to a different country, you move your family. Yeah, you want to keep some of your traditions as well. But it's great when they incorporate. Um, um, the ones that are here in North America as well and, uh, yeah. and enjoy and participate. So good on them. And uh, it was, it it was it great. Was, uh, sounds like it was a great show. Yeah, it was It was great for just someone like me too, just to see, um, hey, that's that's just awesome. And just the, the sharing of Christmas. And so anyways, if you get a chance to do that kind of thing, we have some great light displays here in Calgary. You can drive through at Spruce Meadows. Um we got the one down on 14th Street, and then of course the Zoo Lights was always awesome. And what about down in High River? You live down there. Is there an area where you can go look for lights and things like that? Yeah, absolutely, there is. Um, was just uh, actually on a light tour last night with uh, with Lisa and I. Um, oh, nice. There, the um, the the Kinsman Park, the George Lane Park, um, yeah. that just um, wraps around the the downtown there. Uh, they yep. do a phenomenal job, um, and it's uh, when it's a little bit colder too. It's actually uh, you can certainly park your car and get out and walk, um, but um, you can actually um, they have sort of a nice big loop in there that you can sort of drive through. So even if you didn't want to get out of the car, um, they do a fantastic job. So yeah, days like this, you you want to either make sure you're dressed warmly, and when you're dressed warm, being outside is actually not that bad. Like. No. The biggest thing is, 
is, and that's the nice thing when you are a bit older, you don't have to be cool anymore, right? You can uh, <laughs> you can dress warm. You just yeah. Like my son and and his girlfriend, they were going out last night. They were heading down to to Cowboys or something, but he had a decent coat. I said, well, it's pretty cold out there, dude. Like, yeah, don't worry, we're. <laughs> <laughs> he goes, look, there's flannel on the inside of this summer coat. Oh, that okay, perfect. You you should be good. <laughs> I, say, I think I think I used to wear a jean jacket to high school. Um, oh yeah, no, winter. no, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, no, it's gloves. Are you crazy? <laughs> Anyways, uh, and I apologize for my to my neighbors this morning. I was probably out a little bit early. I was blowing the snow. I just wanted to get the the perimeter sidewalk done um, before I did the show. So I, I tried to go as quick as I could. So give it a get quick it before, little, it, uh, before it gets walked on. Yeah. Yeah. We're pretty lucky. We have a pretty quiet little cul-de-sac. So I'm, I'm pretty fortunate, but I do have the mailbox on my, uh, on my sidewalk. So I try to get that done before <laughs> the neighbors and Sunday's not so bad they're not stopping to get the mail and stuff like right. that. So I try to get that before it's all back down. But I went from having like 20 feet of sidewalk to um, probably two or 300 feet of sidewalk <laughs> and a driveway. Yeah. So it's, uh, and it's been pretty lucky, not heavy snow yet, but uh, it, it's coming. So <laughs> yeah. I, I, I definitely, uh, uh, a lot of, a lot of sidewalk. My first house that I bought um, many years ago was a corner house, and uh, I very quickly learned that yes, they're nice, but they come with miles of sidewalk. Like you yeah, say, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, but I do have a, quite a few big spruce trees, so I do blow all the snow as much as possible underneath In under um, those? my spruce yeah. trees. Yep, do a little bit of snow farming because um, this little snow uh, cold snaps only going to last a few days. And then it's going to be it start warming up again a little bit, like minus nothing crazy, but that their trees will appreciate that snow underneath there um, as it melts into the root system and uh, helps keep them uh, hydrated over the winter time, and uh, it makes a big big difference. We got to take a quick break. Right. When we get back, uh, Terry and I will take your calls. Four zero three nine seven four eight two five five. You're listening to. Let's Talk Gardening. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. And Let's Talk Gardening is brought to you by Spruce It Up, Calories Christmas Destination. Spruce it up, bling it up, prune it up. We got you covered. Um, great seeing lots of people out to, again, Terry, on uh, out picking out their trees and the beautiful arrangements Chris and the team made this winter um, down at the store. Um, they had the gnomes, we had Grinch trees, and then also doing um, beautiful table centers and stuff like that. So I know Chris and that will be in Monday, Tuesday, uh, coming up this week. <coughs> Excuse me. And uh, so if you need anything done up, they can uh, definitely look after you for the season. And we have started our sale. So it's uh, – Buy one, get one. So buy one, get one, 50 off all Christmas. So that's including the the boughs, the arrangements, the all the ornaments, all that fun stuff. So um, we started the sale a little bit early, trying to help with some of this inflation stuff and uh, participate. So pass on to, to get everybody going on to the, to the Christmas season with a little bit of a sale. So lots of great Christmas stuff in stock. So... 
um, yeah, hopefully you see a few people down there the, today and uh, the rest of this week coming up. Yeah, I might and... have to uh, might have to wander down there myself today. <laughs> I seen your your bird uh, thing was a big hit, and uh, so that was your big bird arrangement. I've seen a few people go out and have a look at that out back. I know Carolyn thought it was gorgeous. She was uh, she gave you lots of compliments on that, oh, Terry. So oh, that's nice. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> she she loved it. So thought it was great. Um, and what yeah, else? It's, uh, it's fun to put together. <clears throat> switched it up a little bit. I mean, the basic theme is, is still there from last year, but um, fun to switch it up and do some different things in there. And and the nice do you thing feed, about that, do you feed birds typically at home at all too, or do you? I do. Yeah, I have a feeder out, um, and um, I have it uh, just hung on a shepherd's hook. Um, yeah. And um, yeah, I haven't always. It's just been something I've started to do in the last couple of years. Um, but yeah, that it's it's surprising the um, the variety, the number of different birds. Um, yeah. That when you start feeding them and you start noticing like who's who's coming and going and um, yeah, I mean it it's actually we have it positioned um, <clears throat> not right at a window, but at a window that we can look out and um, it's actually pretty entertaining sometimes. Yeah, just watching them out there and. Well, that's what I call that's old school reality TV, right? Yeah. <laughs> and I and I swear it's better than uh, Housewives of Beverly Hills. Like I, <laughs> I tell you. <laughs> um, so yeah, set up a bird thing right by your by your window and enjoy that. Actually, I got a. Uh, we have about two or three chipmunks, and with all the cones on the trees this year. Um, they eat them like a corn on the cob. Like the the little chip monkey grabs it, so and he'll just sit there and he just spins it around and just chews off all the seed, whatever he's doing, and just leaves the core when he's leaves done the with cob. it. Just, yeah. So it's <laughs> really? just like a little cob of corn, yeah. And they uh-huh. just go along and do their thing. And so just just pretty cool watching those little critters um out doing what they do in the and it's nice to be able to take a bit of time to sit back and uh, and have a look at them. Got a couple texts. We got one, and this is from Karen. Two blooms since I asked what type it was. Thanks again, Merle. Okay, great. I'm glad we were able to help. Yeah, gorgeous white blooms coming on her Christmas cactus. It says, good morning, Merle. Talking about being warm, my uncle used to say, any dumb fool can be uncomfortable. Yeah, isn't that true? Yeah. <laughs> absolutely yeah it's uh that's one thing i i don't mind now i'll put on the the hat and the and the and the whatever i need to to get out there and stay warm it just feels so much better and you have nice big boots and you can go spend an hour outside and you're you're totally fine right but you, you, when you're out uh when you're those young teenagers and uh 20 year olds <laughs> yeah you have to look too cool and Man, it's a little cold on the old uh, noggin and the skin. So, um, <laughs> anyways, we hope they'll learn too as they get older. They will figure that out that it's okay to put a toque and gloves on and and be outside and and then enjoy the the cold. If you want to join us after the break, we got to take another break here for the news. Um, Terry now will take all your calls and text four zero three nine seven four eight two five five. You're listening to. Let's talk gardening on 770 CHQR. 
Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. And if you'd like to join us, phone lines are wide open, 403-974-8255. Got a quick text here, Terry. Why is my tree stopped drinking? Well, maybe it's had enough. <laughs> <laughs> it's been up to two and a half weeks, and it was drinking tons now, very little. Is that normal? That is pretty normal. So what happens is, and that's really good that it drank a lot at the beginning. So what happens is when you bring your tree in, you have the fresh cut, you have it sitting in water, and it will drink a lot the first week or so. Like it'll drink a couple liters a day. That's a good sign. So what it's doing is rehydrating all the needles. So it only does that so much until it's somewhat fully hydrated, and then it'll just keep drinking as it needs. So um, that is a good thing. Just keep make sure you keep your water reservoir topped up um, for the rest of the season and uh, you should be fine but yeah that is somewhat normal they they slow down once they become fully hydrated again and i'm glad to hear that your tree did that and uh and, and it's good that way got a a few things we get asked all the time when people come in um christmas gifts for the gardeners so i got a couple ideas um that i kind of like um when we talk about the birds, we do have the uh, electric bird bass, and and that's sort of always fun. It's good for the summer and then the winter. The birds do need a drink throughout the winter, so we do have those. Any of the bird feeders are great, um, or bird houses. Um, we have lots of locally made um, houses in stock, which is, which is kind of cool. They're all done by local uh, carpenters or just crafty guys that are that are building these little birdhouses. We got quite a few, quite a selection, and uh, and then always just a good set of tool, like a good a bypass pruner is uh, is just a it's a nice gift. Maybe something you wouldn't buy yourself, or you you just you're out in the garden all the time and you just you don't think to replace them. So if you have one of those guys or gals out in the garden that just you see them out there frustrated <laughs> with a dull set of pruners. Get them, uh, get them a nice new set, and uh, and I think that'll be greatly appreciated when in middle of summer they're out there pruning, um, and then they'll think back to Christmas and say, "Hey, that was a good gift." Any what what would be on your list, Terry, in, uh, me, in the garden center? For me, I would probably something I've kind of always been interested in, but never seem to treat myself to is, is some some lights. Some oh yeah, that's lights. a good one. Yeah. yeah. Cause that's the kind of thing that you know what I always say I should do that, uh, and for whatever reason uh, I always kind of make do and you know shove something up as close to the windows I can and regulate it that way. But if I had some lights, I think that would be a real treat. So that would be my okay, go-to. So, yeah. Okay, the Kemper family, if you guys are listening to that, there's <laughs> <laughs> a little bit of grow lights for them. You can just get them set up. All right. What else? What else would you like around the garden center? Um, you had mentioned tools, and um, yeah. yeah, there's, you know, there's, there's sometimes they're just, you know, some. Um, we have uh, a couple of those. Um, I forget the name of the, the ones with the really nice finished wooden handles. Um, yeah. Balk, no, anyway, yeah, balk, no. they're 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 outside in the in the the um, in the breezeway there. But um, I've looked at some of those a few times. I'm like, yeah, I'd love to have that hanging on the on the wall in my shed too. Yeah. They're really well, they're nice. good quality. Plus they look pretty cool, right? Like they, they're, do. They're they very have nice. a nice yeah. look and great yeah. quality. Yeah. 
really good yeah. metal. And it's nice to get something that you can sharpen with as well, like a, a, a sharpening stone just to be able to, to be able thought you could just do that. Right. Yeah. That you can just, you know, just, um, with a, with a file, just sort of clean up that one edge. Cause that does make a huge difference. Um, keeping them clean. Yep. Clean and and, what and works really sharp. good for that is hand sanitizer. It it dissolves the uh, sap and that like crazy. Oh really? Okay. So, never yeah. thought of that for that purpose. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. Yeah, it works. It works really, really quite well with that. Oh, yeah, just thinking of that, Terry. We do have the gardener's bar of soap. It's like a little porous puck. It's a soap, but it has. It's kind of gritty. It almost feels like a like an old lava rock that would be in your barbecue, but not quite as coarse. That's not a good way to describe soap yeah. that you want to wash your hands with it. But it's yeah. a, it's a charcoal soap and uh sort of like a shape of a, of a small puck. Um, but man, that cleans up your hands so nice when you're working with the dirt and the sap. So if you're out doing pruning or different things, man, that's a, it's a nice soap. So we do have that as a gift idea. You could uh, add that to the, to your stocking or uh, underneath the tree that's a nice little nice little addition to your again something that you probably people don't buy for yourself right you probably wouldn't you know pick up for yourself exactly so and i can attest that it works really well because after the uh, i built that uh, uh bird arrangement there my hands were looking pretty rough and sappy and so i gave it a try and yeah it cleaned them right up first go it was nice so, yeah, we had one in the in the in one of the washrooms there to uh, try out that all the staff were using, and with our sticky fingers, so yeah. that was uh, <laughs> it was working quite well. Yeah, and the name of those tools is Kent and Stowe. They're Kent nice, and Stowe, that's great. Yeah, yeah, good quality tool. That's uh, Brad listening in and uh, helping out on the text, sending me that. So that was uh, thanks, Brad. And uh, a few other ideas that I. Also, obviously, a gift card is always nice because then they can get what they what they enjoy to get. So we do see a lot of gift card purchases at this time of year, and then uh, just seeds. Um, with with what's going on, growing some food and things like that. Um, maybe you want to get just start getting into gardening, get a little mini greenhouse, and uh, and just start with a with a few seeds and. Uh, and get that uh, hobby going this coming season, which would be great. And we got one from Rick. What did he say here? He said, Grandpa taught me back in the 60s to remove any varnish off my garden tools handles because it would cause blisters. Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, just take the varnish off, sort of rough them up, I guess, a bit. And uh, eh, that makes sense, I guess, eh? Just, uh, well, he's not rough them up, but... Um, any varnish off of the tools huh yeah i wonder yeah it must have been the wood handles would have the varnish on the on those on the handles on those bigger ones like the big loppers and things like that and that would cause the blisters which which is never good and a couple more texts here regarding um plants my lemongrass geranium is not doing well what should i do i just moved it against the window I, I, what I would do on that one, I would, I would, uh, transplant it and I'd cut it right down to like six inches. Just like, just cut all the whole top part off, transplant it, let it start fresh into some new soil. 
and just get rid of all that old foliage. It's kind of went into a dormant stage and then it needs to regrow. So I would just take it down like six, eight inches, cut all three of those big stems off, transplant it into like a, the next size. If that's a six or an eight inch pot, go to a 10 or 12. And uh, that geranium will um, rebound beautifully for you and uh, give that a go. See how that works out. But that should should work out pretty well. We're going to take a quick break. And uh, if you want to join us after the break, phone lines are wide open, 403-974-8255. That is Talk and Text. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs, and I am here with Terry Kemper as well. And we do have Al on the line. Good morning, Al. Good morning. How are you? Good, good. How can we help you today? Uh... I had a couple of questions. Uh, okay. One is the uh, like the root size of a peony because I've got the peonies that are seeming to try to take over my front garden, and I'd like to remove them. But how far out do they they stretch, or are they really confined to the one spot? I'll let Terry take on the perennial question. Terry, want to answer that one for Al? Yeah, I guess it all depends on, on the age of those, Al. Um, I mean, I don't generally think of peonies as being, you know, all that invasive. Um, I think for a lot of people, they wish that they would be a little more invasive, um, but uh, just because they're such easy care plants. But um, you're just talking about moving them and, and want to know sort of roughly what, what size of root space they need? Yeah, well, I've got, uh, there's one in a spot where I didn't even plant it there, but it's there now. And it's even trying to grow up in through the delphinium right behind it because they're they're quite large. Right. I'd so, like to remove it and put something else in. Okay. Um, I mean, generally, I would think. I mean, when I think of a peony, roughly, you know, um, two foot to three foot high and spread. So I, I think it would, it, you know, need at least a, a two foot um, diameter at maturity. So, um, but if you want to, I mean, if you were looking to keep it in check, um, I would, you know, if it was me, I probably, um, you know, every couple of years, maybe take the shovel and just sort of go around it and just give it a haircut. Um, is it, it what, what else are you thinking of putting in there? Just, a, just another perennial? Uh, I want to do something, yeah. So in yeah. The, one thing about the peonies, they come up really nice early in the, in the year, right? And then uh, beside it is uh, there's monk's hood and the delphinium. Okay. And when the delphinium and the monk's hood come out, then I get all the bees, but I don't get anything with the, uh, the peonies there. So I want peonies. to... Kind yeah. of speed up the bee process, right? So just in something that's going to introduce some more pollinators and that kind of thing, right? Yeah, and yeah. also because of the color, I'd like to put a nice vibrant red into the spot where it is. Red, okay. Do yeah. you get lots of sun? Oh yeah, full sun face. Full sun, lots of sun. So given given that that height that that peony would have, and you wanted to replace it, I'd probably look at, um, you know. Um, Coneflowers. There's uh, some some red uh, coneflowers that are out now. That would be quite striking. Um, 
those would certainly be uh, attractive to, to pollinators. Um, uh, daylilies as well, easy care, on um, not all that not invasive at all, um, easy to keep in check. So there's some really nice uh, red daylilies as well. Uh, a couple of good options there. Just trying to think what else I put in there, maybe. Well, I can have uh, a look in the spring, come down and sort of see what's there. What what comes up early or what comes up yeah. a little later? And nice thing, thing with with the coneflower, like Terry said, they'll give you lots of color through most of the heat of the summer, um, which is nice. And then if you wanted to add some autumn joy sedums in that to hit finish off the late summer fall. And the bees and that love those. So just uh, they start out with the coneflowers and then mix in some of the different. Because uh, he also had those short ones in Terry. Um, those shorter sedums. They look like little clumps of balls, whatever. They would be really nice in front of the echinacea as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, the sedums, I mean, an excellent plant just because it's such low care. Um, not very particular about about the soil it's growing in either actually it prefers to be in soils that are typically unamended but yeah you can get some sedums that just go from you know uh three four inches high up to um those middle ones that you're talking about um proven winners have some great ones out now the the rock and grow um that are in that one foot high range that are are quite stunning and then the bigger uh the matronas the um the autumn joys um, for the that two foot range and plus, so um, yeah, and like you said, pollinators love them. Actually, when I had um, when I was working on the front bed here uh, in the fall, and I um, would wheel out a cart in the morning, and maybe I didn't use everything that day, and I'd, I'd wheel it back. Um, the pollinators, um, as I was wheeling it back, followed the cart back into the printing house where I parked it. They just sort of hovered over the cart the whole time I was. Uh, steering it to the to the back there so it's pretty funny to see yeah so i think <laughs> if you're trying to do that if you're trying to get the pollinators those are great ones cold oh, flowers yeah. the, the autumn joy sedums the different varieties and then even if you want to add some joe pie weed again for for fall like once the cone flowers slow down a bit um and what are those awesome yellow flowers that um you kind of see in the fall they're a type of cone flower as well but they just bloom like crazy. The um, um, the rubecchia? Yeah. The yeah, rubecchia. Goldstrom, so, yeah. Yeah. So you mix those three things, Al, you're going to have a gorgeous bed going on. The I've got some uh, uh, flowers just about six feet away from it that are like a little kind of buttercup or orangey yellow. And they come in very... Uh, different times of the year but they just continue right through and they're lovely i don't know no, what absolutely called, though. absolutely but we got to go out thanks for calling and hopefully that helped but we'll see you definitely in the spring and talk to you soon and merry christmas thanks bye -bye. take care bye-bye all right we gotta take a break you're listening to let's talk gardening on 770 chqr Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs, and I am here with Terry Kemper, and we're taking your calls. If you want to join us, uh, 403-974-8255. And we did get a text, but I can't answer it. Why did they cancel those old radio shows on Friday, Saturday nights? I, I did used to listen to those on, I used to play late night hockey, 
and that was always on after hockey or on the way we, we always had the the real late night shift on the on the ice so I, I remember listening to those on the way to on the way to the rink and sometimes on the way back to the rink but i'm not too sure you'll have to text during the day or or send something to programming they'll be able to answer you as to why that got canceled because they don't look through these texts um throughout the day to to find them you, you just need to send it to the appropriate guy and they should be able to answer that question for you but let's go to the phone line we do have steve on the line good morning steve uh good morning merle hey uh i'm from the red deer area and nice. i'm a, a big fan of the Milwaukee japanese style pruning i've seen it done on hay uh, scott's pine up here in red deer and yeah. I just want to know if there's anywhere else I, I could get some locations where I could drive by and have a look at that style of pruning. It's it's really fascinating to see what they, they've accomplished. And um, Yeah, I've seen there's a couple guys in Calgary, um, and I don't know the exact address. It was in, in, in northeast Calgary. It was by, we were going by a job, and I went by, and, and it was it was really cool. Um but I could try to find out, and uh, and and what I could do is is mention it on the show, or if you do, we could put you on hold, and I could get your contact off the air. Yeah, if you yeah. want to text it, or if you just want to text to the same uh, same number, and then I will uh, I can see your number there, and then I can get back to you if I find out anything about that because. I agree. What what do you like best about it? Like just the well, uh, the one I've seen and the only one I've ever seen is a Scots pine, and it's about maybe sixteen-ish feet or maybe a little taller, and it just looks like a postcard, and it it just looks stunning in you know, with the snow on it. It's just sculpted and uh, it, it's uh, made it into something so unique and uh, it just shows you what you can do if you you learn that method and uh you can turn uh, really the, the scott spines into something uh just just fabulous and uh yeah well yeah it's kind of a style of i guess is it somewhat bonsai i guess in yeah, some yeah, way I but... think just the bonsai uh, but that they, when they it, when they do that it, it turns it into something unique and and when the snow falls on it just makes it uh, just sets it off and uh, I've only seen one here up here in Red Deer, and I'd just like to see some more uh, anywhere I could uh, go drive by. And yeah, there them. there is there is one or two in Calgary. Um, if anybody knows where those are in Calgary, here, this is probably even a better way to find out. Um, if you live near anybody that does any of that type of pruning to their trees out front um, in their yard anywhere, maybe let us know, mm -hmm. share, and, uh, and it's kind of cool that we can walk by. I know... Mark has done some pruning. I'm not to the full extent of that um, on some of that type of shaping and things like that. But mm -hmm. uh, it's becoming really popular as well. The um, Another contact, if, you, if you're on any kind of social media, if you look up the Calgary Bonsai Society, they do a lot of trees outside as well, some oh, of their members. Okay. And they might have that listed on on their Facebook group or their Instagram good, good. group. Yeah, good. so I know they're very they're it's they're an active group here in Calgary. And oh. uh, definitely in January I'm going to have them on again. I had them on a few months ago and oh, okay, uh, I'll good. definitely get somebody on from there and and we'll definitely hit on the outside 
as well. What about down in the High River area, Terry? Have you noticed any um, bonsine or, bonsai? or that type of pruning? Yeah, type of pruning of any outdoor trees? I can't say that I have. There isn't a, a garden there that stands out to me that, that has that. Um, a, a few with some really large um, mugo pines that um, they've done some interesting things with. Um, some, you know, some, some limbs that sort of have gone and grown out and actually have, they've actually built some supports um, under the limbs um, are kind of cool. So uh, that's mm-hmm. about the only one that comes to mind in that sort of shaped evergreen um, kind of thing down there. Okay. Well, I will, uh, well, hopefully someone, if someone uh, has seen any of these in Calgary um, or area, Red Deer, Southern Alberta, mm-hmm. Um, and one place is maybe um, Lethbridge. I'm oh, pretty okay. sure there's a fairly large Japanese garden down there. That I know there's a large um, Japanese community right. in, in the Lethbridge area. So I'm just sort of pulling up. I just Googled sort of uh, Japanese gardens or Japanese pruning in Calgary, and then Lethbridge came up. Um, so I would maybe check that out a little bit more, but definitely check out the Bonsai yeah. Society's. Um, good, here because I know they do do outdoor um, ones as well. So, and good, if you good. find out, share with me. Yeah, some topiaries, things like that would be great. So, all right. Thanks for yeah. the call, Steve. Great. Thank you very much. Have a great day. All right. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye bye. Yeah, that's, um, it, it, and you typically see a bit more of that in some of the w- warmer climates. But I just looked at the clock, Terry. And we got to take a break for the news. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Merle Coombs, and I am here with Terry Kemper as well. And if you'd like to join us, phone lines are wide open. You can call us at 403-974-8255. And I did get a text, a couple texts that I'll go through. Um, good morning, Merle. Wendy here. And Wendy calls in once in a while. Nice to hear from you, Wendy. I was out at Spruce It Up yesterday and found exactly what I wasn't looking for. I, I hear that a lot. People come in there and I go, can't believe I found that there. I, <laughs> I didn't think you would have this. Uh, Merry Christmas, Merle, and uh, thanks for all you do. All the best. Merry Christmas to you guys and to, and to all our listeners. And I actually truly enjoy doing this. And I know Terry is joining me now, and which has been nice. It's nice to – in the winter, it's always a little slower, so I appreciate Terry getting up on a Sunday morning and uh, and joining me. But I think we both kind of enjoy talking about gardening, so it's uh, – I don't find it a chore at all. So I, no, uh, I'm glad people want to listen. People want to <laughs> listen to us, <laughs> so which is kind of nice because uh, I think my kids have had enough. They don't listen to me anymore. So. <laughs> Anyways, um, if you want to join us, phone lines are wide open. And the text, 403-974-8255. Love to hear from you. A couple things. Amaryllis. And uh, and that's one that uh, people grow and and continue. I And I'll be honest, I'm not, I don't say mine, and I should um, do that and and try it a bit more but if you are one that because i'd like to get one really big because you see some of the big old bulbs i get people send me pictures of one they've saved over the years 
and uh, just gorgeous, right? And they, they get larger and larger. So what you want to do is, is when it's done blooming, let it grow for another six or eight weeks. It'll start getting a whole bunch of leaves. Like after those stalks are done, you cut off the stalk. But then just let it grow like a house plant, but continue to feed it at that time because what it's doing is re, re-energizing the bulb. So feed it with a, like a 15, 30, 15 um, for the next 8 to 12 weeks sort of thing. Um, let it grow. But then after that, so if you get into grow it for January, February, then March 1st, just stop watering it. And then sort of by the end of March, it'll be ready to go to bed. Um, so at that point, just let it dry out. All the leaves will crumple up. All that energy will go back into the bulb. And you can just cut all that dead foliage off at that point and <laughs> take it into uh, like even a brown paper bag or a cardboard box some and some dry uh, potting soil or cocoa moss or something. But make sure it's really dry, the soil. and And then just take it and sort in the coolest, darkest place you got. Um, and you can leave it right till next November, pull it out. And at that time, um, I would check it every so often throughout those times to make sure it didn't decide to just take off and grow or go or go mushy on you, which it shouldn't. But if you do that throughout the, the time, bring it back out, pot it up, and give it a little shot of 15, 30, 15 at that time. And it should just start growing again and producing blooms again for you. So, um, do you are you a bulb saver at all, Terry? On any other like any summer bulbs or anything like that, like dahlias or? Typically, no. The last few years, I've tried to carry over some of the cannas, um, yeah. only because I've seen how how big that that root system can get in a season. And when I'm usually shaking them out of the pot in the fall to clean them up. I'm like, you know, a guy should really hose this off and try and save it. So I've done that the last couple of years. And surprisingly, yeah. um, you lose a, a few, but surprisingly, yeah, they're they're pretty pretty tough, pretty resilient things. So um, I've started with, with some cannons for sure. Yeah, and actually we just had uh, one of our um, texters sent in a picture of, and she was doing that as well. Yeah, um, like here it is, yeah. Over. Yeah. yeah, it says... I brought my canna lily in this fall, cut it right back, and has it underneath a grow light. And it started growing again uh, half an inch per day. And she was just asking, how much light per day and and watering? Dr- let it dry out in between waterings is the biggest thing because they will um, – it's really easy to overwater those in the wintertime or any plant. So it's always best to underwater a bit in the wintertime. Um, continue to feed it with the 15, 30, 15, and probably eight to 10 hours a day of the grow light. And you, you, you'll probably, you should have a nice big mass of, um, canna lily uh, by next, next spring. So get it outside just, and be careful if you do spend all this time growing, you can't just stick it out. Wait till first week in June. Typically you can put it out during the day quite a bit. Um, just watch the weather cause they, they take no frost, so if you do happen to put it out mid-May or a little bit early, um, you don't want to lose it to frost after spending all this time growing it over the winter, and uh, and do it like that. But and I guess there's a f- couple other. I, I I've did dahlia bulbs a lot in the past, 
Um, that's a pretty easy one to do as well. And they store really nice, but that again, you get the bigger bulbs and they just, and they grow and grow, which is kind of nice. You end up with a, a great big massive bulb that will produce more and more blooms for you, um, each season. And I just got a text from Mark and he's the ops manager. He runs the prune it up division down at spruce it up. And I was just asking, hey, Mark, have you got any um, Japanese pruning that ones that you've done or that you've seen in Calgary? He goes, yeah. He goes, a couple of our clients that they do, one's in Parkland and and one's in Lakeview. And I'll get Mark to, and I'll, I'll forward the addresses to, to Steve and he can have a look. And uh, if he's in the Calgary area. Um, I don't want to say the addresses out loud as if people don't uh, might not want a bunch of people driving <laughs> by their house without permission. <laughs> and good, I haven't seen there. them. If, it, if it's yeah. worth the drive to, it might be. Yeah. I'm not too sure. But, I was, uh, uh, was going to add on that, that call. Um, there's a gentleman, every February I try to uh, disappear down to Seattle to the Pacific Northwest Flower and Garden Show. And there's a gentleman there um, with a display Every year it, it changes, but um, the man is just, I mean, a phenomenal, just a master of bonsai. His name is Dan Robinson. Oh, okay. Um, and he does have a uh, number of vid- videos. Uh, he's got a book, but he also has a number of videos on YouTube as well. So if he's, uh, that caller is interested in looking at uh, Dan's work, um, I would uh, definitely check him out on YouTube because he's, <clears throat> like, the stuff the guy does is just incredible. And when you get to the warmer climates, you see a bit more of that. And I've done quite a few espaliers. Um, I have one on on in Mount Royal. We did. A, we we're trying to cover a on a. We did a large landscaping project, and it was on a hundred year old home that was being reclaimed. And but we ended up. They had a coach house in the back that got turned into a garage, and it was. Uh, Typically, where they, where they drove the stick, like their their carriage house, not a station, mm-hmm. but a carriage house, where they drove the carriage into and parked, and then they'd pull out and and have this. But we uh, we did an espalier all along the driveway, because just trying to cover up a, a concrete fence um, with something that would be attractive, but also wouldn't block the driveway. So we did a, a whole bunch of fruit trees, but that's and it, again, it's just sustaining a type of pruning method and it's gorgeous like I, every time i go there i still take a picture every time i just i love it because um they've maintained it and looked after it over the years um it looks gorgeous and uh and to get the fruit um an easy place to to be able to pick it because it's simply just at eye level or or hand level where you're at and i was doing a bit of that my last house but uh, I'm going to do a bit more of that at the at the new place as well. Do some espalier on growing on some of the fencing. I have lots of south facing um, fence that I can uh, plant some espalier on. And I just had an idea. I, I've been trying to think of what to do in this one spot. Um, now it just came to me. I know exactly what I'm going to do now. So <laughs> I want this along my driveway that I got about uh, 30 feet of fence. That I'm going to, uh, and I, I have a two foot bed in front of it, and uh, I was thinking of doing some something taller, but actually I'm going to do the espalier because I think that would be uh, 
it'll be perfect in that spot. So anyways, that's uh, try to find some of those unique and, and even with the, some of the bigger evergreens, like we do get like some of the mugo pines, they can get kind of wonky on you. So, and I know whenever we bring them in the store, um, whenever we have the topiaries or things like that, they always sell really well. And we, we very rarely get them back on warranty. So I think they do survive really quite well because um, we try to bring in the right varieties, either the some of the hardier junipers and then also a lot of the mugo pines and the different pines where they've been topiared and shaped. And if you continue to do that, um, the shaping to to hold that to hold that same shape but if you don't they will grow up they can get out of hand quite quickly like they can outgrow that uh restrictive yeah so it is something you need to do every spring when you get that new growth you gotta you gotta shape it up and uh, that will keep those those things going for you yeah so i'm actually looking forward to to chatting again with the with a couple people hopefully from the bonsai society um, coming up in January, Terry, and uh, they can share with us on some of the some of their methods and uh, and maybe share some of the sites that they have in Calgary um, that we can uh, maybe have a look with at or even get some pictures and we can share them on either social media or our website on our Instagram or, or things like that. Lisa would love to be able to go out and take some pictures of that kind of fun stuff well we're going to take a quick break and we do have a, a caller on the line when we get back um right now you're listening to let's talk gardening on 770 chqr welcome back to let's talk gardening i'm Merle coombs and i am here with terry kemper and we do have a caller on the line if you want to join us 403-974-8255 um and we're going to go to the phone line. We're going to go to Kathy. Good morning, Kathy. Good morning, Merle. Merry Christmas, Hi. by the way. Yes, Merry Hi. Christmas to you as well. How can Thank we help you, you today? And I, I love your show. So I have. I live in the northwest in Bearspaw area. I have a nice. small greenhouse. It's eight by six. And this last year, and I typically plant uh, cucumbers and squash and pumpkins in my greenhouse for the for the summer. Because they yeah. grow better in there, but this year I had terrible white, um, dry mold or powdery <laughs> yeah, mold powdery on mildew. everything. Yeah, yeah, it's powdery mildew. And when we had that wet spring, and it's just from getting watered a little bit too much water on the mm -hmm. leaves as well onto the foliage. Yeah. Um. So that. So when you are growing that, those soaker hoses are best. So if you get some of those like those leaky uh, hoses, and they just sort okay. of line that around the soil and then just water with that and then it just goes right into so you get no water onto the leaves and right but okay. the one, yeah. if you do get it and it works really well on those type of plants is that pure spray green um it oh, works okay. really well as a fungicide and an insecticide because okay. also aphids and spider mites love those um viney plants that you're growing right so yeah. the pure spray green yeah is a perfect arsenal um, to use okay. against that. And it's a pharmaceutical-grade mineral oil, so it's not like okay. it's a heavy chemical like Malathion yeah. or something like that. And um, I was using horticultural oil that I got, but it was too... But it, yeah, it killed the Yeah, plant. you have to rinse it off, too, and it's too heavy. It's yeah. it's good at yeah. early, like, outside. Um, 
Yeah. Uh, sometimes you can cause more harm than good, good with that. Yeah. yeah, with that oil. So I would, I would definitely uh, switch off to the to the pure spray green. And do you okay. do you keep when do you do you keep your greenhouse going all year or do you shut it down oh, in the winter or? No, it's not heated. So I start my oh, okay. plants early in the house, um, yeah. in probably March or April, and then I take them out there. Oh, nice. Yeah. And yeah, are you growing so, right in the ground, or or do you have pots out in the greenhouse? Oh, I have pots in the greenhouse, but I have a I have self watering pots that I got from um, another garden center, and uh, they work great for the tomatoes, which I have outside. Yeah. But if if I'm going to grow from the if I'm going to water from the bottom, I might just use those for those viney plants in the greenhouse. That might be yeah. an answer to that. Yeah. Yeah, they they do take a fair bit of water, so that would work as well. But like yeah. I said, I do really yeah. like those leaky hose. And but buy a yeah. good quality one. Like we have the cloth, or get they like don't. Oh, and I'm not okay. like I'm kind of I don't mind Dollarama, but don't shop for that kind of stuff there. I'm um I'm right. a, like sometimes <laughs> I, I I've been known to wander up and down the aisles of a Dollarama here and there myself, right? But yeah. some of the gardening <laughs> stuff is. It's it is oh. on the lower inexpensive end and it just it doesn't okay. last very long and you just don't want something like that in there. You want to spend the buy, buy something decent, um, but you'll see a big difference because then you're getting good water. It goes soaks right down into your into your soil and right. uh, and, right. and 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 continue to feed a weekly feed on that too. Fifteen thirty fifteen um, yeah. something like yeah. that and that will make all the difference. So. Right. Okay. Well, thank you very much. Really appreciate it. You're very it. welcome. Listen to, your sh listen to your show as often as I can. So, um, yeah, like I said, Merry appreciate Christmas. It. Happy New Year. Okay. Talk yep. to you. Merry Christmas as okay. well. And you can Thanks. listen if you're on podcast. Um, the show is available on all the podcasts, Spotify, Apple, or wherever else, wherever you get your podcast from, you just look up uh, Let's Talk Gardening and it'll download it weekly for you. So if you do miss it, you can listen on your podcast. All right. Um, what, where are we at for time? 10.24. We got a little bit more time. Um, Terry, have you ever had a greenhouse or, or have you thought about building one? I've never had one uh, that I've act actively grown in, um, and uh, I've thought of them. Um, it's it's maybe on the list for down the road, but mm -hmm. um, no, I haven't had that that privilege as yet. <laughs> yeah, I, I've had. I, I, I grew. Um, I was a grower at one of the larger garden centers before I started our own way back when. Um, but also the job when I was uh, looking after the private estate for a number of years. Um, I was fortunate we had, I had a, a full Laxan greenhouse and then I also built a couple um, cold frames that actually had the garden built right into the cold frame. And so right into the ground, I built a hoop house over top of the veggie garden just because we had so many critters out there. Right. And it was just, it's just west of spruce it up uh, a bit. And it just, it, some of the nights and some of the days just cooled and also it just seemed to be in a bit of a hail belt so um we i built a little bit of a structure like that over top of the outside garden and that sure made a difference and and like you said you are you somewhat get spoiled when you when you're growing like that you get uh 
kind of the best. But it's a different. You have to be careful. Like there's a lot more. It's easier to get powdery mildew. Um, some of the pests come in a lot easier. Um, so there's there's different things. You got to make sure you get good airflow as well. Right. Um, so make sure you have doors that open or some sort of venting system because you get that stale air in there and it's not good for the plant. So they definitely need um, that airflow going through. And we do have a text here um, from somebody who says, this amaryllis has been planted for over a month and it stopped growing, is under the grill light, has enough water. What's wrong with it? Um, it does look like that set, um, the bud's, ready to push up it's just being a little bit stubborn um if it's if you haven't watered or like i'm not sure on the soil it does i'm not sure if it looks drier because with the light it's underneath the different light but when you do water it like put it in the sink and let the water go all the way through like fill that pot up two or three times and water right through so the bottom gets watered as well and then let it dry out in between waterings but when you do water, water thoroughly, like not just a little bit on top. Make sure you water right down because the roots on that bulb are at the bottom of that. So it that's where some of that moisture needs to get to activate a lot of those growing roots on it. So if you're just getting water on the outside, that would be my guess. Um, I could be wrong, but I would suggest you give it a really good, uh, put it in the sink, fill it up two or three times, let that water flow through. Um, just give that a really good watering. And sometimes that'll just activate it. And uh, you say you have it under the grow lights, which is great. Either that or as bright a window as you can find in your house. And hopefully you can get that going. Cause it is frustrating when it just sits there like that. Hey, Terry, you get the, yeah. you get the, the nub <laughs> to stick it out. It looks there. like it's, yeah. I was going to say, yeah. what would you think of trying to push that a little bit with some Rage Plus? Yeah, Rage Plus would be another good one. Um, I always, when I'm talking to customers about Rage Plus, I always tell them, you know, think of it as something that helps plants do what they're supposed to do, right? So, yeah. And lots of times we have, you know, customers come in if they're struggling with things, you know, like, you know what, this shrub is it's there, it's it wants to do its thing, but it's just holding back a bit. We'll recommend Rage Plus to help it along. Um, just, you know, Rage Plus 006, so it's uh, that potash component, right, which is just contributing to overall plant health. Um, yeah. yeah, I think I would maybe try some Rage Plus on that. If Absolutely. If and we do have to take a quick break um, when we get back, and this is for the news. We'll be back in a bit. Uh, we'll take your calls, 403-974-8255. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770-CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. And Let's Talk Gardening is brought to you by Spruce It Up, Calgary's Christmas store. Spruce it up, prune it up, green it up, bling it up. We got you covered. Ah, <laughs> uh, Terry, that was a bad one. But anyways. Bling it up. I have, to, I have to fire that guy. Anyways, <laughs> <laughs> he did a bad job there. Anyways, we got you covered, as people know. Um, and, and typically when you are in the garden business, garden center, um, I find you get a lot of, and that's uh, like all the all the independent garden centers here in town. Um, if you hit them up, um, I know Colin at Plantation has probably some of the best selection of, of trees. He has all the varieties. He works hard at that. He's the inner city garden center. He has lots of the 
the different trees that and he works hard to keep that going um and he has some decor so yeah hit up the 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 garden centers and have a look at then the far north end you got the bluegrass out there and then our neighbors green gate of course um so yeah lots of great garden centers out in cochrane anything grows and uh so yeah if you're if you're out in a boat um yeah i find and if you go up to edmonton you can't miss and you've gone up there a little bit i know you're dealing with a little bit of family stuff up there um so you've had the chance to go to greenland which is the host of the the garden show up in edmonton yeah yeah um they do a phenomenal job of christmas as well as salisbury up there and there's a couple other ones as well but um, you, you find, and then uh, we stopped at when we were in Red Deer Parkland. Parkland, that was yeah. a. They did a really nice job. I was uh, I was really quite impressed um, with their. I've never been to their retail garden center. I was only at the the wholesale farm and things like that. Um, I've never been to, but it looks like quite a nice um, retail garden center, nice big tree lot, and things like that. So. If you get a chance to to go there, um, you can and have a look at uh, at Parkland. They do a really nice Christmas display as well. So I find you get uh, and we we typically see a lot of the product before it hits the box stores. So what they do is when we go to the gift shows coming up in January and we buy the Christmas and so we see it, we get it, we try it, and when we get things going nice and hot. Um, then the box stores come in and buy 18 million of them and then we move on to something <laughs> else. But but really, so a lot of them when you're seeing the stuff at the at the garden centers and in your independent gar- uh, retail stores, you'll see a lot of this product ahead of the curve. So you, before you'll see it into the bigger box stores and things like that. Um, by that time, it's sort of six or seven years. It's been proven out and then they'll jump in and... Uh, and they and uh, like I said, buy eighteen million of them, and uh, and then we've all we moved on to something else by then. Yeah. But uh, we've had a few of the different light up things, um, the snow globes. We've had all kinds of different things that uh, just the way they do it um, is a little bit different um, for the first, and then yeah, it's it's it's. But it does get to a point sometimes when there's only so many ways you can do Santa. And but they they seem to do it. They come up with new kind of fun ways, and um, I still enjoy going to the to the shows and and seeing the different things. But uh, support your independent local garden centers around town and southern Alberta, and of course Edmonton if you're up there. And uh, they work hard. They're the ones that support your your soccer teams and your baseball and hockey and all that other fun stuff. So. Lots of local charities happening with the with your independent stores, and we should probably get to our caller. We have Margaret because I babbled on a bit too much there. Hi, Margaret. Hi there. Merry Christmas to you guys. Good morning. Merry Christmas to you as well. I have a question. I have a bush or a tree or whatever I want to call it, and it's either a snowball or a mock orange, but it's about six and a half feet tall and it's turning into a charlie brown tree you know with the foliage and the bloom on the end of branches yeah do you if get I white was... berries on it no okay no, and what type just... of blooms do you get like are they it's... just a single petal bloom or 
or no, more like a, a little cluster. ball? It's more like a cluster, yeah. Yeah, and it's I'm probably not... the snowball, I would say, or it could be the double mock orange, but I would say probably most likely it's a the snowball, snowball the viburnum. Yeah, and I kind of you can so. cut those right down, Terry. Eh? If you need to rejuvenate those, yeah, yeah, absolutely, you can. Oh, um, good. Then... Now, when when would I cut it? Now or in the spring? Early, uh, early spring. Yeah, I would wait till okay. spring now. Okay, because I I'd like to keep it, but it's pretty straggly right now. So yeah, so I'll... you'll see a big difference when you rejuvenate it. You might not get as many blooms the first year, um, but no, you'll see. I don't care. Yeah, because what happens is the the plant is using all its energy trying to rejuvenate all that old wood and yeah. stuff. Yeah. So when you yeah. do that, but the reason why we say wait till spring too, so if anybody else is listening, is that the winter kill. So if you were to cut it back now, there's a, a good chance that the winter kill can go into those newly cut branches and then go deeper into the root. So that's why we say we procrastinate some of our cutting back here. Like if you lived in Vancouver, people tidy up their gardens all nice and neat, cut the perennials all back, cut everything back. But here we need Mother Nature's way of protecting the root system, winter dieback, things like that. So if you if you were to cut it back now, there's a good chance that you can get more winter kill going deeper. But okay. if you leave it tall, the winter kill will happen on the tips. So it's up right. high and you're gonna be cutting that off anyways. So yeah, yeah, just better to okay. better hold off on that, and plus it's too cold out there right now. I have another question, totally unrelated. Okay. How do you tell the difference between a banana plant and a bird of paradise plant? Um, the banana plant has a lot softer foliage. Um, oh, like it's the bird of paradise is really sort of like you know, like when you have a butter lettuce compared to like a romaine lettuce. Like yeah, a, yeah, it's yeah. So the, the leaves on a bird of paradise are a lot firmer and they're almost a little bit more pointy, but they're really, really quite firm. Uh -huh. um, and they grow further away from the trunk. Like they have a larger stem with, and then the, the shape of the, the leaf is further away from the, the, the trunk. Um, yeah. And the banana oh, okay. plant tends to grow up and it leaves out right from the trunk and it's a lot thicker and it's really... And when you squeeze a foliage on the banana, you'll get water out of it. Like it's it's a soft. Oh, okay. It's almost more like a like a more like a begonia type of yeah. stem. Yeah. Okay. I was gifted with a plant, and it's huge. But I was fully convinced it was a banana tree. But I guess I have a flamingo <laughs> or bird of paradise. Oh, yeah, but those are gorgeous, and if you can get that nice and, and sending out some blooms for you. So even right now, if you want to start feeding it like a 15, 30, 15, oh, yeah. um, get no, the phosphates yeah. going, get, yeah. get some of that going on it, and uh, hopefully you'll get some blooms when we get a bit more light. Oh, okay, that sounds good. Thank you very much. And All right, thank you. good season. Bye-bye. Thank you so much. Merry Christmas. Bye-bye. Um, Terry, we did have a text earlier as well. Actually, we've got to take a break, but when we get back, someone's asking for um, recommendations of planting out in Cochrane. So we'll we'll pull up that text and we'll go to that because that was actually a good one. We can okay. we can touch on a few different uh, plants that we can recommend. If you want to join us for the last uh, segment of the show, we have a couple more. Uh, 403-974-8255. You're listening to 
Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs, and I am here with Terry Kemper. We do have uh, one text um, that we'll go to do here real quick. It says, good morning. Looking for some fast-growing small trees or tall shrubs around my gazebo, which is next to my house, seeking shade and privacy. What would you recommend? Out in Cochrane, love your show, and Merry Christmas. Well, Merry Christmas to you as well. Um, my, I have a couple suggestions. Um, Terry, you know I like those uh, sandbar willows. Um, yep. where Where we could... Where I just like putting them in the clusters a bit. If you're looking for a bit of a privacy wall, um, they grow about eight to ten feet high, and they grow really quite quickly. Um, um, and they just—they almost look like bamboo. Like if you get a bit of a cluster to them. So if someone was doing a, like near a gazebo, it could add that uh, a bit of a, a bamboo look to your to your to your garden in a certain spot, but they grow really quick. They're really great for along a fence and, and things like that. If you're looking to create a bit of privacy, if you have the chain link fence, um, it'll fill in really quite quickly. But do you, what, what other suggestions might you have Terry for, for our listener? For fast growing? Um, I guess my go-to for that would be, um, uh, probably lilacs, um, either some of the Preston or the Vulgaris lilacs. Uh, yep. they do such, such a great job of you know um they grow fast they'll they'll give you that needed privacy um probably quicker than anything else they'll get up you know um eight to ten feet high um you know six seven feet wide but they do a great job um of doing that um as far as trees go so, fast fast growing i'd probably look at some of our uh, um native poplars um, the, the, the trembling aspen, if she's got the space for those, uh, that would be another go-to for a fast-growing tree. For yeah, you. I love mixing those with ponderosa pine or the mountain pine. Yeah, it gives you a really um, native planting look, um, like you would see just west of Calgary. You would see the the aspens mixed in with a couple of pines, but love that mixture. A couple boulders. Yep. Um, another one uh, that I might recommend is. Is some of the nine barks the still the old Diablo. Diablo? That thing can grow quick, and it can get that six seven feet high in a couple of years. Yeah, um, so a that's a good one. Sure. Yeah, and and any of the plants. When we talked earlier about plant health, and I still think one of the biggest issues people have with plants is they just that slow deep watering, like when they plant something outside. It it makes all the difference. You get that water down deep because when you're only watering with your with the irrigation, you're only using the one third of the root ball, and the bottom half of that root ball doesn't get the water. So when you are planting, and that's the one thing I just don't like about irrigation systems as well. Like unless you do the drip system where it goes on to each one as a separate zone, like each right. if you're just doing a zone of shrubs where you can water for eight hours or something where it just drip drip drip. It can get down nice and deep. Um, but that's the one downfall. So I do, I water a lot of my trees after I plant them for uh, for the first few years. Just that independent watering where I put the water on it, soak it. The wa- the tree bags are phenomenal um, for that. But just that slow trickle and just moving the hose around the different spot. Um, 
um, works great. Like throughout the day when you're, you just finish mowing the grass and you drag your hose out and just stick it on any of your trees, just that slow trickle, um, let it water in for two or three hours per one. Cause it's just barely coming out. So you're not wasting water, but I just find getting that deep watering makes all the difference. Cause then you're utilizing the whole root ball and you're not, um, letting it, uh, just, you, it, because the other half or a third of the two thirds of the root ball will just sort of dry out and die off. And it, it's trying to support all that. So if anything I can recommend for people this upcoming season is that slow, deep water and it conserves water, but it also gets it in the right spot. And, uh, I got to take a quick break, Terry. And when we get back, we'll, we do have Gordon on the line. We'll talk to Gordon and, uh, and we'll go from there. You're listening to, Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs, and we're going to go right to the phone line. We do have Gordon on the line. Good morning, Gordon. Good morning, Merle. Uh, I heard you talking about amaryllises earlier. Uh, one quick thing about them, if you're not... Um, uh, tuned in with them, they're uh, if you're not careful, they're top heavy. Uh, the flowers. Uh, oh, absolutely. My my father for a few years would grow would have one growing in the living room window, and at Christmas he would move it into the uh, dining room to have it as the uh, centerpiece of the uh, dining room table. Yeah. And one one year, uh, uh, we I had I took him out for a function during the day, and when we came back, the amaryllis was on the floor. Uh, it had toppled over from where it was on the on the uh, uh, living room uh, window and toppled over. And it was t- and we figured out it was top heavy. So that was the one thing, and he was a bit disturbed about that having having lost that amaryllis because it was just beautiful yeah no i've had i've had the odd one fall over but most of them do come now with a little staking thing that comes with them some of them do come with that but i do recommend you put them into like when you pick up the because they're grown in a plastic grower pot if you put them into a uh, a heavier ceramic pot or something that's a little bit more decorative it'll yeah. be able to hold them up properly Thanks for that tip, uh, Gordon, and uh, Merry Christmas to you. Thank you. You too. Okay. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And we do have one more caller. I didn't get the name, though, Renee. Dan, that's right. Good morning, Dan. Good morning, Merle. How are you? I'm doing great. How can we help you? I have a, uh, well, it's not mine, actually. It's my wife's little bamboo plant. We got it. It's in, like, a little four-inch pot about seven years ago, and now it's, like, I don't know, almost two feet high, and I was thinking maybe it could probably use a bigger pot. So it looks like it's got some sort of gravel in it or something like that. It doesn't look yeah. like dirt to me at all. And I was wondering, is that a, you know, would I would use gravel again? What would I use? Yeah, we actually have, we have a, um, and I have it right on the tip of my tongue. We have little bags of that decorative gravel. It's sort of like a tufa rock. Like it, it's a bit porous. Um, do you know the name of that, Terry? Do you remember the little gravel rock that we have at the store? Um, it escapes me right now. 
Yeah, but we do have it. So it's for transplanting things like that because it, it actually holds water. Actually, I've grown orchids in it as well, and it actually works quite well. All um, right. Yeah, and it comes in different colors. There's some a little bit funkier colors, but then there's some just normal sort of earth tone stuff as well. So that's really good for growing those uh, some of that bamboo and stuff like that. Oh, that's perfect. Thank you very much. All right. You're welcome. Thanks for calling, Dan. Appreciate it. Okay, take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Merry Christmas to you. All right. And Brad just texted me. He said, um, if people are looking for those last-minute uh, Christmas gifts for the gardeners, and, and we've had a lot of people come in and pick them up already, um, the mushroom kits, Terry. Oh, yeah. Yeah, those are those are fun. Yeah. We, we have them growing in the, the other day. The, the lion's mane mushroom. Um, yeah was just going crazy it was uh yeah they're they're neat yeah melissa from the greenhouse she was uh mentioned that she took she was going to take it home and after she trimmed it she was going to take home the mushroom and uh and make something, make something. but it reminds yeah. me yeah put that on a on a nice pizza or something like that man oh man that's gonna be good but yeah so mushroom kit so lots of lots of great gift ideas um we won't be back here because we're off the next two weeks because um, the Sunday is Christmas Day and New Year's. So um, we'll be back on January 8th. So just uh, Merry Christmas to uh, everybody and Happy New Year. And to you, Terry, and your family, um, thanks for everything you do for Down at Spruce It Up. I appreciate it. Yeah, and, Merry Christmas uh, to you and your family too, Merle. Yep, yeah, thank you. And to, to all our listeners, um, yeah, Merry Christmas and thanks for participating and and supporting us over the years. And uh, we look forward to uh, uh, a good, prosperous 2023 in, in the growing world. And we got lots of exciting things coming on board um, in the plant world. So, again, Merry Christmas and uh, Happy New Year to everybody. And we'll be getting our garden on right here on 770 CHQR.